But I do appreciate your being here. I had this horrible thought coming up here a while ago. Uh, what if someone had heard about what a great preacher David Shannon was, and they said, I'm going to stop at Mount Juliet and listen tonight. And they were from New Jersey, and they're here. And I thought, they go back and say, whoever told us that? <laughs> you know, nobody can follow David Shannon. So I, uh, I, I, I do appreciate, though, uh, him, his asking me to do this. I am, if you're visiting with us, I am not the preacher. I am not a preacher. I am a, a teacher, and, and that's all I've ever been. But uh, I, do, uh, I do appreciate being able to, to, to talk about the Word. Um, one, tonight, what, uh, our topic is, is about bridge building, and I know that sounds very dull, um, but I was, uh, the, what got me to thinking about this and the reason I decided I would uh, uh, do a lesson on this is I have been reading a book. <clears throat> it's called Undaunted Courage uh, um, by a man named Stephen Ambrose. Some of you may be familiar with who that is. But uh, he wrote a book called Undaunted Courage. And it's a story of Lewis and Clark and their trek <clears throat> across the United States. It's a magnificent story. I'm not through there. I'm about halfway through right now. So... Um, what I'm talking, what I tell you, I'm, I'm just basing it on what I have read so far. But in this book, Thomas Jefferson, uh, at the turn of the six, uh, 17th century, 18th century, excuse me, uh, Thomas Jefferson wanted to explore the United States, and, and, and he got Lu uh, Lewis and Clark were the people he chose, particularly Lewis, Meriwether Lewis. And, and, and he uh, got the money together, and these men uh, started across the United States. They had no idea what was out there. Uh, it, was a, it was an unbelievable example of courage. They didn't know whether Indians were going to, to, to attack them and kill them. They didn't know what in the world was waiting for them out there. But as they, the thing I was so impressed with them was how did they get across the United States? I mean, you've got, you have rivers. You have the Mississippi and the Missouri, and, and you have chasms that are mag, um, uh, just unbelievably large chasms. They didn't know that. How are they going to get across these things? So what they did, uh, they decided they'd build a canoe that make a, a, an iron collapsible canoe. And uh, because Jefferson was so smart, he, he helped figure it out. And so they'd take it and they would put this thing uh, together and they'd straighten it out and they'd put animal hides on it and they'd, they'd use it to get across uh, rivers. But anyway, as you know, they made it all the way across and, and back. Thankfully... Uh, they contributed uh, so much to the building of this country, and we owe them a lot. Meriwether Lewis was killed uh, just down south of here at Hoingwall. Uh, he, was, uh, he was either committed suicide or he was uh, murdered when he stopped uh, to spend the night at a, at a house. And, uh, and there's a park here, as many of you know, Meriwether Lewis State Park, named for him. But anyway, the reason I tell you that and the reason I start with that is because I thought how difficult it was to get across those rivers. And, and, and what if there had been a bridge? What if they could have gone across a bridge? And I thought about, what if you go to California today? You know, how many rivers would you have to cross? How many bridges would you have to cross? Uh, it would be probably in the thousands of them. And I thought, you know, if you went to the bridge, stopped, got off, and walked across, you'd still have to get across the river. So even in the highways, uh, you'd still have those bridges. And I thought how important bridges are for us to get where we are going to go. So with that in mind, I, I wanted to, to talk about tonight about, about uh, Christianity and about God. Uh, the greatest bridge builder in the history of humanity is God. And when we think about bridge building, you just remember that 
We are in nowhere, anywhere in the league with God, of course. And we were lost from him and we were completely separated. And he had a plan. And that plan involved building a bridge from him to us. And thankfully, and we are all the recipients of the fact that he did build that bridge. And that's what we're going to concentrate on tonight. But I, I, I do want to share with you really uh, quickly before we get to our points. Um, one of the, my favorite poems is a, is a poem by uh, William Allen Drumgoole. And uh, he, uh, Drumgoole, and he, it's called The Bridge Builder. I'm sure you have heard it. But it, it, it's, uh, it goes like this. It says, an old man going along highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him. But he turned when safe on the other side and he built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, you are wasting strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You have crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you the bridge at the eventide? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been naught to me, to that fair-haired youth, may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building this bridge for him. I, when I read that, I think I see such a parallel to God and to what he has done for all of us. And I think about that bridge being built through Jesus Christ and because of Jesus Christ... And when mankind fell because of sin and in the Garden of Eden, God had that plan in, exi in existence. And that plan became fulfilled with Jesus coming into the world. And so uh, I, I thought about it. As I thought, of, as I thought of that, I thought, when did, how did that bridge, or how did it get, how do we know about that bridge? How did we know about it first? And you go all the way back into the Old Testament. And the prophets spoke of the, the big, how that bridge would be built. And they talked about, in Matthew 121, uh, we are told the fulfillment of that prophecy, those prophecies about the Messiah. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. And then that, after that, of course, the bridge continued to be built, the, the, the uh, miracle of his birth, the shepherds and uh, coming to see the child, and then the wise men coming from the east and bringing their gifts and so forth. And then the scriptures tell us that that bridge continued to be built. Uh, Jesus grew and he waxed strong in spirit, filled with goodness and wis uh, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That's Luke 180. And then... In Acts 10, 38, we're told he went about everywhere doing good. The bridge continues to be built through Jesus Christ. And during uh, this, or after this time, of course, his ministry began for 33, approximately 33 years on this earth. And he, during that ministry, Jesus was completing this bridge. And so the bridge that he built, or the bridge that he built for us to cross... We need to look at it, I think, and see exactly, you know, exactly what is, that, what is implied or what is in that bridge. And I like to think that there are probably three parts to that bridge 
And, and I'd like for us to think about those tonight for just a couple of minutes and, 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 and help us to understand and maybe more than understand even to really appreciate what we have in Christ Jesus because literally we are able to communicate with God. We're able to go to God. We're able to be a part of God by being his family. We, are to be his, we can be his children because this bridge was built. But I, 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 I propose to you that there's probably three things, that, that uh, three different parts of that bridge that we need to think about tonight. Is, and the first one of those is, is we want to talk about bridges, the three that make one. I think the first one we think about it is the, the bridge of obedience. You know, Jesus didn't say, you need to be obedient, but he showed us how to do it. And I think that's what is so magnificent about everything. Jesus never told us to do something that he didn't show us how to do it. And so the first one is the bridge of obedience. From the very time that he came to this earth, Jesus practiced obedience to the Father. He was part of God. He was God himself. But he practiced obedience to the Heavenly Father. And he kept his commandments. I think about when he was baptized and, and he went into the Spirit. And, and uh, when it was in the Spirit, he went into the wilderness. And the Spirit led him there. And he was in that wilderness. And I think about uh, Satan tempting him. And, and, you know, Satan made sure that, that he knew exactly uh, the, to, to attack Jesus at what he thought was the weakest point. And uh, the first one, of course, was food. Remember that. And if you be the Son of God, make these stones bread. And, uh, and, and, and each time that, that he did that, he talked about power. He, he offered power. Uh, and then he said to him, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you all the riches. And he offered him everything that we could possibly think of. But you remember Jesus' response to him. It is written. Every time he would say, it is written, uh, and then he finally, he, he says to him, uh, you know, uh, this is, the, Satan, you know, be gone. It's not going to happen. And so he was totally obedient to God and, and during all that, uh, all that in the wilderness. And so later on, the Apostle Paul uh, was said later in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, he said for his time as well as our time, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to, be to bear it. In other words, obedience means doing the will of God, and then God is going to take care of everything else. A little bit of humor, I, I like this, is a little bit of humor in uh, an account of conversation supposedly between Mark Twain and a friend of his who was quite wealthy. And uh, the friend told Mark Twain, he said, Before I die, I mean to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and I'm going to climb to the, mountain, the top of Mount Sinai, and I'm going to read the Ten Commandments aloud. And Mark Twain said, Why don't you just stay home and keep them? And I like that. Stay home and keep them. Don't worry about reading them aloud. So Jesus, he kept them and he showed us how to keep them. He was obedient to the Father and by his obedience he built a bridge for us and showed us what it was like to be obedient. His most, uh, his most grand act of obedience is going to the cross. What it took 
the kind of courage we talk about undaunted courage, what kind of courage uh, it must have taken to go to that cross, the final act of obedience to teach us what obedience was all about. And, and as I think of that, I think it must have been, uh, must have been the ultimate uh, in, in obedience. And it was. I think the second bridge that probably that, uh, that we could think about tonight is that Jesus taught us and showed us how to, to cross. It was a bridge of service. You know, Christianity is not coming and sitting in pews and listening to some old man stand up and talk to you and tell you something. That's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is doing it's active. It's, it's like the old uh, active verbs, you know. It's active. And so it's doing something. And Jesus wanted us to understand that. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be one of mine, you need to know it's about doing instead of talking. And so when, he talks, when we talk about service, we look at Jesus and say, what did he, what did he do to show us that? Well, every time he was out, he was doing something for somebody. I, I look back at all of the, uh, and, and the ones that are recorded in the scriptures is probably, or probably only a fraction of the examples. Probably there are thousands that were never even written down. But think of all the times that Jesus healed the sick, caused the blind to see, raised the dead. Um, the lady touching the hem of his garment, I think that's a marvelous uh, example. But so many examples throughout the scriptures, of the, especially in the, in, the, uh, in the Gospels, of where Jesus was always doing for other people. He's always helping people. The lame are walking. Uh, the, the deaf are hearing. Uh, and, and the dead are being brought back to life. And the 25th chapter of Matthew, I love it when Jesus uh, tells us... Uh, he, he, he says, I want to show you how important service is. And he says in, in Matthew 25, he says at the great judgment scene that you probably remember, uh, as all of us are standing before ju the judgment, uh, in the judgment, and here's what he says, Then shall his king say to them, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and visited me. I was, a, I, was a strange, I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see thee hungry and fed thee, or thirsty and gave you drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when saw we thee sick and in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. What does it mean? What did Jesus, what was Jesus telling all of us? You won't know about this bridge that's part of that, uh, this massive one bridge. The third of this bridge is doing for somebody else. Taking care of the needs of people who really do need your help. I think the greatest example, I have said this so many times, other than the cross, this is my opinion, but other than the example of looking at the cross, I think the greatest scene in the entire Bible is the night before Jesus went to the cross when he took that towel and 
girded himself, took that pitcher of water, poured that water in that basin, and sat down and washed the disciples' feet. Did the job that was the lowest form of work. The only, the lowest of servants washed feet. And Jesus did that. And then he turned and said, you do this. You wash each other's feet. And I think that's, uh, that's the greatest, one of the greatest examples of what we're to do and of what kind of a bridge that Jesus wanted, uh, built for us and wanted us to see. Uh, if you're going to be my disciple, first of all, you've got to be obedient. And secondly, you've got to do for other people. That's what it's all about. And finally, I think one of the, one of the uh, really, uh, uh, probably one of the greatest uh, parts of that massive one bridge across the third bridge is the bridge of prayer. Jesus uh, directed his disciple and disciples and all of us. In Luke 21 and 36, he says, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus, when he came to this earth, from the accounts that we have of him, when he was 12 years old, it's, it, we don't hear about Jesus until his ministry begins as far as his uh, behavior, daily behavior. But one of the first things we hear about in the Gospels is that Jesus went out to pray every day. In fact, he got up before daybreak and went out and prayed. And he did this over and over again. Prayer. He was constantly in prayer uh, to the Father. And you know what's amazing about that again is he was the Father. He was part of the Father. But he was praying. So if it was important for Jesus to pray, if that was a vital part of, 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 of his life, Jesus is saying, this bridge is so important to you too. You need to learn how to pray. You need to know how to pray. In fact, he gave us the model prayer. And, 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 and what, how, you know, how do we pray? Lord, teach us to pray. Remember his disciples. And he gave what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. So what he says is, this is the way you should pray. And then when he died on that cross... He gave us the opportunity to go across that bridge and for all people who are his to cross that bridge through him to get to the Father. I think one of the greatest prayers that, that Jesus did to show us about this bridge and to, to demonstrate this bridge to us is the Garden of Gethsemane prayer. And, and uh, we, this will be the, uh, this is to me is the most, one of the most important ones in Luke 22. He went to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was in place, he said unto them, pray that you enter not into temptation. And when he had withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And, slept, and shortly after that, he went to the cross. And one of the things I guess we need to remember is one of the final acts that Jesus did on the cross, the final act, was prayer. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he bowed his head, said, it is finished, bowed his head, and that was uh, his, then, then he died. 
I think that trilogy maybe, is, we need to keep in mind that, that, that the bridge to God is formed, in, I think, particularly in three ways. Obedience to what he has asked us to do. Serving other people. Being for, there for others. And then praying uh, to him constantly. The master builder spanned that vast chasm we call death. For as the scripture says, for as in Adam all dies, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. I'd like for us to end with this kind of paraphrasing that, that poem that I used just a moment ago. Think about this and think about God being the one who is doing the talking in here. You have crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you the bridge at the eventide? There followeth after me today a vast throng whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been naught to me, to that great throng may a pitfall be. They too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I am building this bridge for them. Jesus. Folks, all of us need to, to be reminded of what we owe and what has been given to us why we are here tonight and what wonderful rewards that God has given to us by allowing us to cross that bridge across the chasm. Of course, if you're here tonight, there might be someone here who is, is not uh, a Christian, someone who has not uh, crossed that bridge of obedience. And if you are here tonight, we want to encourage you to, 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 to accept that and to... For, uh, for the remission of your sins, for bapti bap being baptized in Christ and having remission of your sins through that baptism, we, we, we hope that you will do that tonight. If you have gone across the bridge and you've failed and you've not crossed it and you've come back, we hope that you will come back and, and start that journey again across the bridge. But if you're here and you have any needs at all, we urge you to come as we sing.